You are listening to Cape Shit, a podcast taking a chronological and often spoiler-heavy look into the Marvel Cinematic Universe films, one film at a time. Okay, let's get this show on the road, gang. Meet the sulky, over-funky, kinda hunky superhero A two-fisted and electrically transistored superhero An exotically neurotic and aquatic superhero The Marvel superheroes have arrived Superpowered from the forehead to the toes Watch them change their very shape before your nose See arcane striking superhero change to Viking superhero A-ha-fling and real swing and shield fling and superhero They're the latest, they're the greatest, ultimate superheroes The Marvel superheroes have arrived Tony Stark makes you feel he's a cool exec with a heart of steel all right, and welcome to Cape Shit, episode three. This is the podcast where I and my buddy Lee talk about the uh, films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and we'll probably keep it going and using some other stuff after that. So if you're listening to this in like 2045, and this is an award-winning podcast that's covered uh some you know giant uh, piece of pop culture entertainment and uh we've retired and are rich and famous this is the humble beginnings so anyway <laughs> welcome to episode three uh today we are going to be covering the third film of the uh marvel cinematic universe and that is iron man 2 first sequel this is the film which one is this this is the second iron man the one with that introduces uh black widow and war machine and uh shield becomes more involved and uh, you get uh, Justin Hammer and Mickey Rourke, who I promise I'm not going to call Mickey Rooney in this podcast, although I'm going to try <laughs> real hard. Anyway, so that's uh, that's what we're doing today. Uh, Lee, say hi. Hi, Daniel. And all I can give you is my knowledge. <laughs> and uh, you know, really, what really what you need is my resources, Lee. I know that that's hey, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we also have a couple of guests today, um, which uh, Lee is going to introduce. He brought he brought uh, he brought his crew. We're all we're all just kind of having uh, happy beers and all that sort of thing. And uh, so, Lee, why don't you uh, introduce introduce our, our uh, rotating panel of guests here? Sure. Uh, so first off, you may have heard him on the uh, main show, They Must Be Destroyed on Site. It's Greg, who is uh, guested on a couple episodes of that. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. Really, I wouldn't mind Gwyneth Paltrow's ass every now and then. I am total agreement. Well, as Pepper Potts, the real Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh. Kind of, she, okay. She's a turnoff because she's oh, a dunce. Um, (laughs) uh, and we're also joined for the first time on any of these, uh, podcasts by friend Carrie, who is an acquaintance of Greg and mine from the, uh, beer reviewing world in our little, uh, beer reviewing circles. Carrie, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. It's going to be a fun time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, um, just to kind of put us back in that, uh, in that mood, um, this film was released on May 7th, 2010. Um, the top five for that weekend from Box Office Mojo was Iron Man 2 at number one, A Nightmare on Elm Street, the 2010 remake, How to Train Your Dragon was third, oh. Date Night, the Tina Fey, uh, Steve Carell action comedy was four, and The Backup Plan, which I don't even remember 
what that movie is. What the fuck is that? <laughs> I mean, I could look it up, or we could just uh, kind of move on with our podcast. Yeah, let's pretend that didn't happen, because you already yeah. mentioned the fucking Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which is already an abortion in itself. Oh, God, that was so bad. <laughs> Down the list a bit, you do get a Clash of the Titans, uh, Death at a Funeral, uh, The Losers, and Hot Tub Time Machine, number 16. So, oh, there's, um, yeah. there's some good boobs in Hot Tub Time Machine. There are. Like, really good boobs. <laughs> Indeed. Now that we've uh, kind of gotten the intros out of the way, uh, let's uh, start and kind of talk about uh, Iron Man 2, if if we're down for it. Greg, why don't we start with you? When did you first see the film? Uh, so you're saying it came out in 2010. I likely saw it sometime that year, early 2011. I did not see it in the theater. I saw it when it first came out on video. I likely used some sort of a Hmm, we'll say less than uh, less than scrupulous resource to see it. Okay, uh, Carrie, what's your what's your experience? When did you first see it? Uh, I actually saw this in the theater within probably the first week of it coming out. Like Marvel movies or something that I will go to the theater and see, kind of every time because yeah. the spectacle. And yeah, I saw it, and and I've seen it. I probably it close to at least close to around ten times. Whoa. Oh, nice. oh, I've rewatched the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe probably at least five or more times now. I love well, those. You movies. should definitely be on this podcast more often then. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, well, Lee, when when did you first see this one? I think it was when it first came out in DVD. Is when I first saw this one. Did definitely didn't see it in theaters, but um, I, I remember I remember renting it when that was still a thing you could do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, um, I did see this one. I believe it was opening weekend. It was either opening weekend or the weekend after. Um, I did see this theatrically. So um, since, Kara, you're the uh, you're the MCU expert, uh, what do you think of this one? I don't know if I go that far. Um, it's, it's good. There, 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 among the four of us, I, we're going to just land on that for you. You are now the expert. All right, all right there. there you go. There, there's definitely a few spots in the movie where it's kind of, you're looking at it like, you know, that sh- shouldn't really have happened that way. Overall, though, Pretty enjoyable. You know, not the best Marvel movie, but not the worst Marvel movie. Kind of in the middle range, my opinion. All right. Um, Gary? Gary. Greg. Greg? Greg. I'm sorry. Greg. <laughs> it's, late. Right. it's late. It's late. We both start with a. It, yeah, no, I'm drinking too. Hey, as long as you don't say Mickey up. Rooney, we're fine. Well, yeah. we're 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 gonna avoid that. It'll be fine. I think we're halfway there already. Just just start speaking, Gary. <laughs> Salvage right, this shit. All right. All right. Well, Gary, Gary's opinion. Um, of I'm gonna even say sort of. I'm gonna say the the subgenre of Iron Man Marvel Universe movies. It's not the best. It's not as good as Iron Man. It's not as good as Avengers. Not as probably even good as Avengers: Age of Ultron. It's it's a good movie. If you take it for itself, it's a good movie. It's very enjoyable. I just think it's it's often compared to so many other Marvel Universe movies, especially ones with Iron Man in them, that are better, that it kind of gets a bit of a bad rap. It's the same thing with Iron Man 3, which I know I'm going like a little bit ahead right now. I think they're all good movies. I, I really don't even think there's any bad movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I just think it's maybe not quite a, at the upper echelon. Like And... and especially when you compare it even to Iron Man 1, because I think this came out, if I'm not mistaken, this came out before the first Avengers movie. So you didn't have a whole lot to dig from at this point. But even if you compare it to the first Iron Man, I don't think it's quite as good. 
but it's still a really good movie on its own. It's just not didn't quite meet the first the I guess the bar set by the first movie. Lee, uh, general thoughts for me personally, I think this is a little bit better than the first movie, just because they know what they're doing now a little bit more. Like they've decided, okay, we're going to start swinging our Marvel dick out a little bit, right? Like we're <laughs> we're going to start establishing the Marvel universe a little bit more. You get much more character building. You get much more just hints to other stuff in the Marvel universe. I think the biggest draw of this film, though, where it really shines, is that it's basically just Downey Jr. riffing and bantering with people. Like it, it really sort of amps that up in this film where he's just always constantly joking with people. Uh, like even his fucking uh, robotic AI stuff the like scutters. Jarvis. Let's just call yeah. Scudders. <laughs> Scudders. Like he's shit talking those things. You know, like, you better not fuck around or I'll, I'll fucking put you in the scrap pile and shit like that. And, and I mean, he has banter with Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer, who's kind of like a comedic, nemesis and foil to him kind of in a, in a way and he, he's just and when he's not doing that he's flirting with Scar- scarlett johansson which mm-hmm. my god <laughs> um <laughs> i think we'll get there in a minute so, yeah know. but i well we'll get into it but i i do have some issues with the film but i do like it a bit more than iron man one and as, as much of a, a mixed bag it is in some areas i think it's pretty damn good the thing is for me when i first saw this i i definitely thought it had you know, the classic middle chapter problems of, you know, just like maneuvering a whole lot of stuff into place. Uh, rewatching it, it's, it's, uh, it kind of surprised me at how well it managed to do that. Um, while at the same time, sort of like, there's a lot of shit in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's really trying to do way too much in, in one, at one time. Um, but it's also in a lot of ways, I mean, while this is the third in this, in the MCU, in a lot of ways, this is the first one where they're like, really like, okay, we're actually going to do. 50 films so this has to kind of set the whole ball rolling um in a, in a real way and so like okay we're setting up shield we're setting up um natasha who's gonna be like in a you know a ton of these she's finally getting her own movie nine years later yeah. um you know we're setting up uh even though she's dead spoilers we don't do <laughs> but yeah no we've, we've got you know the justin hammer storyline we've got the like tony stark kind of has this cancer thing that's palladium poisoning whatever we've got like uh maybe he's partying too hard it's sort of like the alcoholism thing but we're not going to call it that yeah you know, there's 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 so much stuff in this film. There's the like the Howard Stark, Tony Stark, like father son relationship, which is the thing that I just don't give a shit that this series thinks I give a shit about. Um, that's like the one thing where I'm like, God, do we have to sit and watch this for you know, another 20 minutes? <laughs> you know, Tony Stark creates a new element uh, so he can cure himself of his, you know, it, it's funny how well it works knowing how much stuff there is in the film. I liked it more upon rewatching, although I actually rewatched this a couple of weeks ago because we were going to do this a couple of weeks ago and then we missed it because we just missed the thing. And then I rewatched it this afternoon and I found myself really like fast forwarding sections of it. Like I, I really kind of found like bits of this to be like, yeah, I don't need to watch that again. So um, yeah, this is probably one of the, you know, bottom third MCU movies for me. It's still pretty effective. I think the stuff it does well, it does pretty well. But yeah, I think this one is mostly forgettable. Yeah. I, yeah, like this this movie is very much focused on setting up stuff for future films. Like they're really kicking that into gear. And I think maybe the Ten Rings as like a villainous organization kind of thing, like really sort of is more built upon here a little bit. Although they just kind of blow their load in the third film with it and then forget about it for the rest of the fucking MCU pretty much. 
<laughs> like they, they there's a there's a brief little mention in Ant Man where it's like a oh a Ten Rings agent shows up and tries to steal the Pym formula or whatever the fuck. But yeah, for the for the most part, they're setting stuff up here. I mean, I think we should get into the the main villain here and talk about him a little bit. Mickey Rourke is uh, Anton Vanco. Is it? Uh, yeah, Carrie, what what do you think of uh, Mickey Rourke in the villain role in this? I thought the character was. Decent. It was. It was kind of weird. I don't know. Like he played it kind of odd. Like he's like a genius, but he's also just this complete kind of psychopath. And I don't really have like a definitive. I liked it or didn't like it. Answer to that. Mickey Rourke is pretty much always a pretty good actor. Like he he's solid in what he does, and I feel like he did a good job in this movie. But just a really weird character to have him play. And I don't know. And and Whiplash as a as a whole being really kind of a secondary nobody in terms of the Iron Man enemies you could have picked for a movie. It was an odd choice, but again, it was, it was decent. I feel feel like nobody should be able to survive being hit by a car like that. (laughs) (laughs) That, that, that is the most um, inaccurate, you know, unrealistic thing in in this entire series. (laughs) You didn't see that he had under, under that jumpsuit, he had armored legs. That's why like he he didn't finish the upper part of his suit. He just finished the bottom part of his suit. That's what it was. Well, again, like they backed up, hit him, backed up, hit him like three times or so. And then backs, and then he gets up and fights full on Iron Man in the suit now for a good minute. He, he must have had armor under the. It, it has to have. That's yeah. the only explanation. What do you think of him, Greg? Uh, you know, he was sort of middle of the road villain. Like he kind of seemed like he had potential, but then they kind of like they sort of skipped over a lot of things. Like, oh, he was being guarded by two guys. Then they then they cut away. Then next thing you know, the guys are hanging. It's like, oh, well, obviously this guy's a real tough guy. Uh, and then he's fighting Iron Man, and uh, is, is it Warmonger? Is uh, that Don Cheadle? Uh, War Machine. Or my War, Machine. War Machine. Sorry, War Machine. Sorry, I get those. Get it right. Get it right. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not a true fan. I really shouldn't be on this podcast. But uh, uh, you know, he's fighting the two of them, and it, it, it's not really a very long battle. Like I think they went battle for about a minute and a half before they blow him up. And he's not a bad villain. He just. He is kind of boring. He, there wasn't really all that much interesting about him. He, he's not one of those villains where you're like, oh, I hope they find a way to bring him back in future sequels. No, I'm glad he's dead. I hope he doesn't come back. But I, I do feel like he had, a, he had a decent motivation as far as Marvel villains go. Yeah, although th- th- this movie definitely goes forward with like trying to make Tony Stark look like even less of a dick. Than, than the first film does, like they're they're trying really hard to like get away from the fact that Tony Stark is a piece He's of a shit, dick. and and well, his yeah. dad and his dad was also a warmongering piece of shit. But they they almost kind of retcon it here in the second film, where oh no, uh, Tony Stark's father discovered that this uh, this guy's dad, uh, Anton Vanko's dad, was trying to sell the secrets to black marketeers and stuff for the arc reactor. So he got. Uh, deported and went to Siberia for 20 years in, in, in a gulag somewhere. And then that's the reason why he's taking revenge on Iron Man to avenge his father for the crimes of his father. Yeah. The real like, blowback is not the people who died under the, the arsenal of Stark. Yeah. The real victims are not the, the real victims are the ones who didn't get to build all the fancy cool shit because Tony <laughs> Stark or, you know, Howard Stark took all the, you know, that's just, yeah. a, that's just the reality of, of you know, Again, this film series is never going to deal with the reality of American imperialism at all. <laughs> Howard Stark was kind of like, I, I want to say a lot like uh, Edison, probably in that regard, probably. Just kind of 
funding people and then stealing their information and making his own. I, I mean, the funny thing is they do like the the like the the old like uh, Stark Expo like videos in this, and it's like simultaneously sort of like a Walt Disney thing and like yeah. Werner von Braun. You know, it's 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 like both of those things at once. My... <sighs> My biggest takeaway from that is, wow, one of the cheapest things, one of the cheapest movie things you can do is that at the end, Tony discovers, oh, the design for the superior actor was in the plans of the expo all along. Wouldn't you my, know my it? Dad, my dad uh, figured this out like 40 years ago and didn't like cure world hunger. He, he just, just never like, fucking told me because why not? <laughs> yeah. But um, I actually like... And I, I wish he had come back. I, I really like Sam Rockwell's Justin Hammer a lot better. Like, I think there was, like, some really good potential for him to be, like, a, a nice foil and, like, a, a future Iron Man. Just and a bit here, of a deck. he was supposed to be in Iron Man 3, but then they he's, just kind of pushed it up. It's he's, expressed, yeah. he's expressed interest in coming back to the, MCU, to the MCU if they ever want him. So, And you well, see, like... Yeah, and I mean, I, I'd be yeah, all for that. Space wizards, <laughs> so you know. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I, I, I would be for that because I really like his performance here. I like how he's this sort of. He, he's actually it's it's funny because Elon Musk shows up in this film. Oh yeah, and he's he's yes. really he's really just Elon Musk because Elon Musk spoilers he's actually not a genius. He doesn't yeah. invent anything. He's just got a nice team of PR people behind him and a lot of geniuses actually working. For him, hey, he's a moron, actually. Uh, in terms of like, yeah, he is actually pretty fucking smart, though. Like, he he did develop, like, he helped develop a lot of start to to get that to get the whole company going, kind of thing. He 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 is quite smart, but he's not. He's a businessman. Justin Hammer is a business guy, and he, <laughs> his tech is crap. See, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like the only like difference. A, it's a lot, a lot like a lot, a lot of Tesla stuff. The ex-wife was uh, quite the interesting scene. You had a, you had an ex-wife, Redbeard? No, I'm, I'm saying in the movie. Oh. When he fires off the ex-wife, that missile that Justin Henry has. Oh, yeah. Has right. The creme de la creme. Like, he's describing it like, oh, my God, that actually seems pretty fucking cool. And then just... Yeah. Nothing. yeah, it wasn't all that great. Well, he does the, a great speech because like the bunker underneath the bunker you already built. It's so yeah, smart. yeah. Like he a does novel that makes you lissy. His look like it was written <laughs> like in, it was crayon. Written in crayon and he'll <laughs> read it to you. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, like he does a great speech selling his shit, and the the, the and funny Don thing G is completely accurate to be completely unimpressed by any of it. The funny thing is all like the the standard guns that he offers them that get equipped in the war machine. They all work fine. Like some of the ha- some yeah, of the hammer those upgrades actually, actually built by hammer. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, that's the thing. He's just he's just repurposing other technology. Yeah, yeah like every, pretty much everything that he offers up until that missile is just like okay, that's just kind of standard hardcore military gear that I'm sure the U.S. Army uses. Like, so yeah. that's nothing bad. It's not futuristic brand new stuff i've never heard of okay the iron man armor is already equipped with the repulsors and shit it's already got better than everything you're offering me and then the ex-wife comes around and then it's just like nothing i I mean the big (laughs) thing that they do the big thing that hammer does for the war machine rig is basically just put a big like chain gun on his back yeah I, I I like to think that that's a little of the thing. They just like took like four bolts and went bonk 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 bonk. All right, war machine, better technology. That's what Hammer does. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of war machine, we got uh, Don Cheadle here and replacing Terrence Howard. I think it's a good replacement, honestly. I think he's got better chemistry Howard, with Terrence Howard. Wanted wanted too much money. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I heard yeah. apparently he wanted the same as Robert Downey Jr., which is yeah. Good luck with that. 
<laughs> he he did there was, he did have a fair amount of screen time in this, but still he's not he's not Iron Man. Like yeah, no, no. I, but I, I also think Don Cheadle is just just much better in the role. The sort of chemistry he has with Robert Downey Jr. I think is way better than what uh, Terrence Howard had with with him in the first film. So uh, like that works out. And I mean, then you get to um, Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson, and my God, like the <laughs> this movie stares at her for quite a while, and it's like you you get Tony Stark's eyes, you get to see what he sees basically, and, and some of the flirtation is little... director gets to uh, you know hang out with her for for quite a yeah quite a while. You know, it seems like that may not have been an uh, you know. Um, uh, an accident. Oh yeah, <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like Favreau was. I think we need more sh- scenes with with Happy and Black Widow. I think we. Like, need, well, I mean, like, you know, can we Favreau have was... an MP seventeen rating for this? Because how many how many takes? How many takes do you think that he had them do of the scene in in the fucking ring where she flips oh. him, and then he's like inside her thighs. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Favreau was in shape. Maybe he was kind of thinking, yeah, maybe I could get something going here. Right, at the, the time, you know, one more time, one more time. This is take twenty five. One more time, one more time. <laughs> but yeah, she's she's really good, and I like this could be like a Sharon Stone sexy murder thriller, mm-hmm. like yeah. the scenes she has with Robert Downey Jr. in any other movie. It's it, it should be like Michael Douglas and Sharon Stone or something like that. <laughs> kind of the same idea, right? Yeah. Go back to the uh, the Favreau thing when they have that fight in the building, and he <laughs> he spends the whole time just like duking it out with this one guy, and finally wins while she takes out like ten other guys. That was yeah. that was that was pretty well done. I like that. <laughs> The, yeah, no, it was good. Favreau is that like I, I read an interview with him at the time this was released, and he actually is like a boxer. Like it's just like one of his things that he does. Like it's like he's a pretty good boxer apparently, and uh, he designed a lot of the fight scenes around sort of like the rhythm of an actual boxing match. Like I, I'm thinking about that in the uh, that kind of central sequence, the the middle sequence where you have uh, you know where where Whiplash first goes up against Tony Stark. And you get like the, there's a, there's a, there's a rhythm to the fights that I think is really interesting because you know it's ultimately like they're kind of evenly matched until one character gets the upper hand and then suddenly it's over, which is kind of the way real fights work. You know, I mean, you know, you don't really have you know people shooting each other for like twenty minutes or whatever. Yeah, you know? and I think that that's uh, I, I think that there is a sort of you know if you walked into a building and you beat up one security guard. That would be a story you'd tell for the rest of your fucking life. You know? <laughs> like you'd be the ultimate badass of like all the people you knew. And yet like that's nothing compared to what like the even the unpowered characters in these. Uh, that's what I was gonna say. It's a very smart move to have him team up with Scarlett Johansson in that scene because he comes off as, you know, you can tell he can box. He's he's kind of a palooka, you know, like he he's never gonna be fighting for a title or nothing like that. Like he, he can handle himself sort of against somebody trained and then you see scarlett johansson just walk over these motherfuckers in quick succession and it just sells how much more of a badass she is like it it, it makes it like okay she's capable i believe she can actually handle herself alongside oh, yeah. these superheroes and shit right for sure it's funny you mentioned the uh, john favreau boxing thing i want to say may is that a movie he did or something like that he there's he boxes in that movie as well just random kind of hmm. bit of it. I was gonna say basically it wasn't like a, a uh, they live fight where it just lasts for half hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would like to see like the extended version of the War Machine Iron Man fight where it literally is just like, you know, put on the glasses. Put on the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> 
that fight goes on as long as it does just because like war machine doesn't want to kill tony stark so much because tony stark's drunk in his armor you know like he handles that, himself pretty well in that fight yeah. scene though there's there's definitely a you know there's there's some you know there is this sense in which you know one of the things that kind of always kind of gets me about this this movie is that warm that john cheadle can just like put on the suit and suddenly like like anybody can use it and the reality is like this is like a fighter jet combined with a supercomputer combined with you you know a a nuclear arsenal you know this is combined with having incredibly good balance right yeah you know there's so there's so much that like goes into this tony stark's superpower is being able to use the suit i mean i think it would be interesting (laughs) to see like John Cheadle having to learn to use it. I mean, I guess he kind of has to learn to use like thrusters and that sort of thing. But uh, you know, it would be interesting to see somebody who's like military trained but doesn't really like kind of get how to use the suit compared with Tony Stark, who like designed it and is all kind of built around his own intuitions and everything. And I think that that's something that we never really see in this series. And like suddenly people are like wearing these Iron Man suits and just like, oh yeah, it's fine, no problem, you know? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, Spider-Man even has a line like, it's so intuitive, you know. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Anymore, so. And that, that well, was while in, like, it's nanny fucking mode or whatever. I'm sorry, what's it? Well, I mean, That's when the Spider-Man suit was still in, like, the nanny mode. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, spoilers for Endgame, if anyone on this uh, panel hasn't seen it or anyone listening hasn't seen it. But apparently Gwyneth Paltrow just figured it out as well because they gave yeah. her a suit. She's totally fine. Like the other point, yeah, but she was established in, in the yeah. Iron Man three Iron again. Three, yeah. The next one that, like, that's when she kind of first. You, that's the first time you see her in a suit. Was she in a suit in the movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And but hers, hers has the special goop interface. I don't know what it stands for. <laughs> oh, but that's, that's good. <laughs> it sounds racist. It's, 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 got, it's got a special rock that you put in your vagina that makes your vagina. Yeah, sweet. apparently. Wow. Okay, so sex is not racist. No, that's 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 Gwyneth Paltrow's voodoo woodoo shit that she peddles these days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Vagina rocks. Yeah, I'll, I'll talk about. I, I think the one kind of flaw of this film that I think really kind of sinks it in parts. That um, and honestly, uh, ironically enough, this is something that uh, Daniel and I talked about earlier when we were recording. They must be destroyed on sight. This is kind of a tale of two movies in squashed into one. You get the romance between Tony Stark and Gwyneth Paltrow, and that's just straight up '90s rom com shit. And it's really well done. Like their banter is good. I like it. And then all around it, you have comedy characters, and that's fine. And then you have the serious stuff with Vanko where he's the total straight man. Like, he cracks a couple jokes here and there, but they're not really jokes. He's not really going for laughs or anything. I think that does even more to diminish him as a villain than anything else is the fact that everybody in this film around him, literally everybody, is joking. Like, everybody else is in a fucking rom-com, and he's in a serious movie. And he comes down like, I'm revenging my fucking dead dad and stuff, and everyone else is just... That's that's a really apt uh, observation. I like that. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the biggest takeaway I had from this, like, uh, watching it again tonight. I was like, holy fuck, this is just like the other movie I just watched. And <laughs> fucking, there's this rom-com, and then there's this really serious underpinning that's just totally, totally different from everything else that's going on in the film. He's trying to kill Tony Stark, and Tony Stark's just trying to get a new heart and put his dick in Gwyneth Paltrow. And I'm like, oh, why not? Okay. Two things that are worth doing. Yeah, I guess. I mean, fucking Samuel L. Jackson even has like the cheesy line of like, you gotta like find your heart or cure your heart or whatever. Oh, the fuck. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I almost expected like 
Junior, Downey Jr. to come back and say, that sounds like a really bad 90s fucking romantic comedy or some shit. Like, <laughs> what are you trying to sell me here, Nick? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, one of the things that this series kind of has is just kind of a, a failure of villains. They're, they're just kind of, there are very few, like, actually compelling villains in this series. I think uh, Mickey Rourke doesn't see I did it. I didn't I, I didn't do the bad, bad thing there. Um, Mickey Rourke, I think, uh, is a good actor. They bring him in. He does what he's asked to do. Um, this was kind of in the height of his, like, kind of coming back and being a kind of badass in movies uh, thing. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's he's just kind of here and gone. And honestly, I forgot that, like, I forgot how the movie ended with these characters. I, I, I was kind of uncertain. Even rewatching it the second time after a couple of weeks, I forgot that Whiplash came back in the in the big finale. <laughs> like I really just and, and it was just because like it's such like um you know not a thing that I'm kind of expecting. I remember all the like the drones and the you know they're kind of chasing each other, which is kind of a generic um action sequence ultimately but i mean it's it's pretty well done and it's got some some good moments in it and it's you know it's well executed but ultimately just kind of like you know this is this is not where the effort went in terms of kind of actually writing the film but i completely forgot that like you know and then mickey rourke shows up at the end and and it's just i don't know it speaks to just sort of structurally this isn't about that you know and it's it's really just iron monger part two it's iron monger of whips on his fucking arms yeah like (laughs) we're gonna have iron man and then bigger iron man we're gonna fight the bigger enemy again we'll see how much longer that like pattern lasts but it's three for three so far it's funny you mentioned the uh the chasing and stuff that was actually one of my issues with the movie was when he's being chased and like war machine is he's been taken over and he's firing all over like the amount of collateral damage deaths yeah that, that like never really gets shown or but oh, but yeah. that will have happened the number of bullets getting sprayed everywhere and then at the end all the robots blowing up and stuff the number of people that must have died at that the sokovia accords whatever should have been in, in, instituted then brand new superhero who just oh, something was like probably at least so many people probably died there yeah, we, we had like a 911 that's that's what happened yeah there's bullets just being sprayed everywhere by these drones plus uh, War Machine. Iron Man's the only one not really spraying anything into the crowds. It's crazy. That was fine, though. They're all gingers, so it was okay. <laughs> there, there, there we go. Thanks, Greg. Thanks, buddy. Nicely done. I, 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 always want, I, always want make, I always want people to see things on the brighter side. You know, you know I, I agree. He wasn't a good villain. Uh, Iron Man generally, like, yeah, I I, I kind of like the, the the Big Lebowski in the first movie, but uh, uh, the second movie, the third movie, you don't really have a great Iron Man villain. It's sort of Tony Stark is sort of great in what he does in like sort of the Avengers movies and even Spider Man stuff like that. But his own movies, yeah, he doesn't have very good villains to kind of fight against. It's kind of just him doing one liners and trying to find a guy who challenges him, who sort of does, but not really. He Really, like no one really poses any real threat to him. The, the next movie had a very potentially awesome villain, but we'll, oh, we'll, well, we'll, we'll, we'll wait to the potential. This. Potentially, mm. yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, what the franchise realizes pretty quickly is that, like, what we really want to do is watch uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, quip 
and we want to watch like the fun stuff. And uh, you know, the villains are just kind of there to, to sort of give us the excuse to do that, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, it is. I mean, it is kind of one of those things. And uh, believe me, I don't think that Whiplash is the worst villain in this series by any by any stretch. And uh, again, it's not it's not a mark on Mickey Rourke. I mean, you think Mickey Rourke is doing what he's supposed to do. Sam Rockwell is doing what he's supposed to do. It's just sort of like, well, you know. Mickey Rourke's going above and beyond because he he went fucking method for this, <laughs> and like he all all the like reading into it, all the like the extra stuff like the gold teeth, the toothpick, the tattoos, uh, the the accent apparently that he has, which is a specified Russian accent apparently some something. He went deep into all this to make this character interesting because apparently none of that shit was on the script. So, oh, like, he actually him. took this. He actually took this super serious, um, which is just amazing I mean, to think. <laughs> yeah, that's I feel. I, I feel like he should have been Crimson Dynamo. That, that was that. That's always like was always my. Well, he's my he's an amalgamation of Crimson Dynamo and Whiplash. Is basically what he's supposed to be. Yeah, so. I, I guess I never really thought of that. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that's a fair. I just. That's that's just, a, that's what they did. They, when, they, they did the animation of that. When by the end, yeah, when he is like flying around, like in his like in the beginning, he's like full on whiplash, and by the end, when he drops down for like again, but great, very 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 short, kind of not impressive really fight, but it it could have been. He comes down in this awesome badass suit with these crazy upgraded whips and just loses really fast kind of thing but yeah it kind of seemed like it would have been a real cool battle but then again i mean it, what he was fighting two superheroes so i mean i guess it makes sense but yeah yeah, yeah. two super two superheroes that just obliterated his drone army like there was nothing <laughs> yeah well that, yeah, but the thing that iron man had just used to do that was a one-off at that time and he couldn't yeah. use it again so but i mean well, come again, on it's not like they were having much trouble they well, <laughs> before he even used that well, actually, though, again, though, I, before they did the whole, like, hand-to-hand blow-em-up thing, he had them both by the neck, and they were down on their knees. Like, if they hadn't done that, yeah. they, they they were kind of fucked. So, like, he, he did kick them and in their faces pretty good. Again, I like that. to think the drone army was essentially hammer technology that, you know, uh, that Whiplash just, uh, you know, commandeered. Well, yeah, versus, it pretty uh, much, you know, pretty much is. Pretty much is. Like, the thing that, you know, he was really you know, focused on. Well, true. Yeah, but they, they still did a decent job, though, for being... Whatever hammer it yeah. done. Yeah. Did you guys know that uh, they they retconned a, a piece in this for future films? So Favreau's son reading this. Yeah, Favreau's <laughs> son is in this. He's the child wearing the Iron Man mask that's almost killed by one of the drones. Hmm. They retconned that as him being Peter Parker. I remember that. Yeah, that that's oh, yeah. really. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's actually that's actually a young Peter Parker as a child at the expo, and he gets saved by uh, Iron Man, which is oh. a cool retcon. I, I, I prove. I got no problem. And again, like the way it works out, because like this new t- this new Peter Parker they got as Spider Man is actually and looks like finally a teenager. And if you think of like how long ago that Iron Man two movie was, imagine he was like what seven eight or something like that at that yeah, many so years. And yeah, it, I got no problem with it. It's kind of cool. Yeah, hey, the kid from Iron Man Three is an is an Endgame right at the end. Yeah, the the one guy where everyone's like, "Who the fuck is that guy?" And fucking yeah, Tony Stark I, I, funeral. Yeah, he's well, fucking there. You're like, oh, uh, it's it's the kid. It's kind of spoilers. Tony Stark dies. Well, kind, kind of like kind of like spoilers for the last episode of Game of Thrones. At the end, kind of people show up. You're like, "Who the fuck is that? Why are they in this council?" <laughs> 
Okay, I'll take your word for that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I feel like we're I feel like we're ra- uh, we're wrapping up here. Um, any any other uh, kind of moments? Any other thoughts? Anything that anybody wants to kind of throw in there uh, on Iron Man two? No, again, it was it was, it was good. Matt, there's definitely some memorable stuff. Some stuff that could have been done better, but like overall, like they had the it was the Iron Man, then the Incredible Hulk, then this. That's how it went, right? Yep. And yeah, yeah and like this is again the first one where they kind of really started to be like, we're gonna start giving you that hint of like branching off and having something. And then at the end too, the after credit scene in this one is the Thor. You leave that to Thor. So again, again, I watched this in, in a theater, and by this time I was already waiting after the credits for stuff, and I remember seeing that, and like nobody else, I think it was like me and my girlfriend at the time, and like maybe two other people, and just like standing <laughs> up and being like, yes, like oh, it's gonna be great, and uh, I'm very happy to come back for Thor if you'll have me. Cheers. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, what what I'll say personally is that my wife, I wanted to get her ready. She had never seen a Marvel movie before, although apparently she says she's seen Mr. S- Doctor Strange. I don't think she Mr. has. Mr. Strange. Mr. Strange, but she claims Mr. she Bizarre. claims she, she claims yeah, Mr. She Peculiar. Has. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but 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 other, otherwise, she's she's never seen any of the Marvel movies. So when I was getting her ready for Endgame because she wanted to see it in the theater with me, I was sort of going through the movies she had to see and. Definitely Iron Man 2, not one of those. In the grand scheme of things, in the last, what is it, 21, 22 movies, I would say Iron Man, it's not a bad movie. It's not a movie that you will see you will not enjoy. But I would say it's a very unnecessary movie. Like, you can totally skip over this movie if you want to go over the whole Marvel Universe and really not be any poorer for having not seen it. Because it's really... It's really inconsequential. You you got a guy with the whips, and then you know, then Don Cheadle becomes the war machine, and it's all good. I pretty much that that's all you need to know, and it's good. You don't need to watch it, but it's not a bad movie. You do watch it, so that's that's, <laughs> that's really my very like kind of neutral opinion on it. it just eh. it's it, a very it, neutral it, movie. It really it, is. It, 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 it exists. This ends, and it's like yeah, that was fine. And that's yeah. kind of, you know. No, it, 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 as far as like the Marvel Universe lands, it's there. That's like, <clears throat> that's kind of what it is. And as as much as it does sort of get the ball rolling as far as like, hey, we're branching out. At the same time, you don't need to start here to, to really get a sort of hinge on what's good to come afterwards. Like you can skip this because it does all the same stuff that ends up happening in Iron Man 3. And Iron Man 3 probably is a better written film. So... <laughs> To say the least, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. up until I, up until I rewatched this a few weeks ago, I did, I always thought Scarlett Johansson was introduced in the first Avengers movie, and then when I rewatched this, I was like, oh, okay, she was obviously in this movie. But to me, that means she was kind of forgettable in this movie. I mean, yeah, she's hot. Don't get me wrong, but oh come on, uh, when she's when she's asking if his martini is dirty enough for him, uh, <laughs> like okay, yeah. 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 It's, it's, Almost yeah. as if this film series hires brilliant, attractive, yeah, <laughs> hires like brilliantly, uh, brilliant, brilliant performers who are name stars, who are also incredibly gorgeous, and then um, doesn't have anything for them to do. Yeah, clearly that is not a pattern that we're going to keep seeing over and over and over again. It's, 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 it's almost like boobs are awesome. Yeah, almost. Kinda. 
just right. unfortunately they don't really show the boobs. That's the, that's the only difference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, another thing we're going to kind of run into is that this series gets like increasingly desexualized oh. as, as we move on. Like, there's more. I I'm mean, a, there's like a... that, that <laughs> one dirty martini reference is probably like more sex than you oh see man like because 20 films combined <laughs> well when you get introduced to her as black widow finally in the suit the first shot you see is her ass walking in the frame <laughs> oh yeah yeah well and she like changes clothes in the uh in the in the back seat and you mm-hmm. know happy's like oh i gotta check it out in the mirror there you yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but... almost drives off the road it's pretty good yeah yeah, almost gets in a car accident. Worth anyway. the, worth dying in a vehicle for, yeah. 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 Well, I, I mean, guess. I get, I get, again, spoilers for like three years from now, but I'm really looking forward to dissecting the whole Vaginas United thing from Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> what I hear is uh, Greg really wants to dissect Vaginas. One, one, one thing I, I found... Yes, yeah, yes, yes, I do. One thing that when they out, uh, was it uh, Tony and... Rody are fighting during the birthday scene, yep. and they actually mm-hmm. start going mm-hmm. at it. And the fan, no, no, nobody really starts running away until like the end, where Tony go turns around and goes raw. Like two guys are shooting, like you know, repulsors and stuff. And Tony uses the weight thing as a bat. And I, I would be getting the hell out of there pretty quickly. I don't know. I think they all thought it was a show because before that, just before that, Tony is. Using his repulsors on like bottles of champagne and sprinkling glass in the people in the crowd, so I think they're they're already like up for like oh this is just part of the show until they realize it's not part of the show anymore. And at least one of the angles too, you watch that, and when he, they throw the bottle up, if he had missed, there's like other people kind of like on a balcony or something, and he would have just blown one of them away. Like, like Tony yeah, did, he did he did need to kind of stop what he was doing. If this movie was interested in going into the alcoholism angle that the comic books went into, apparently, there's a there's a darker film version of this where Tony Stark actually did legit repulsor the heads off like several partygoers and has to deal with the consequences, you know? Like oh, Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but we're well, not getting that's that. What, that's what we need in our family friendly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the different interview. That's the interview I write. That's like there's there's the Honestly, they, Iron Man. If they let James Gunn do what he really wants to do <laughs> and do like <laughs> the super, but in the MCU, that's the version we get. Right, right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think we've yeah, yeah I think wrapped we, it up. I think we kind of wrapped it up. So, uh, Greg, tell us where we can find you on the internet if you'd like to be found. Oh well, I mean, you can probably find me in all sorts of corners of Pornhub, but uh, mainly you can look me up on Beer Burglar. I've now up to twenty five subscribers. I had one person recognize me at the Albino Run of Beer Fest, which I'm, I'm assuming I'm now a celebrity. Uh, and I occasionally, I literally occasionally make a video maybe once a month or so. So you can subscribe to me and hope I, I post something interesting. Otherwise, I'm, I'm, I really don't do much. Okay. Carrie. <laughs> hey. Uh, I'm on YouTube. I do beer reviews and play some games and other random stuff. I'm Redbeard. Beard is spelled B-E-E-R-D because I'm super witty like that. And uh, yeah, that's me. Woo. And uh, I know I know no one's watching it, but he does have a very nice beard. I will I will say that. Yeah. Well, thank you, sir. It's it's coming back. I actually shaved the whole thing completely off from November last year. Oh. So this is since then, and she's getting there. Oh God, he was so full. He was so creepy, fully shaved. At least now, he looks slightly less creepy now. Yep. And you can find my creepy ass at tmbdos.podbean.com. 
where you can, of course, find our They Must Be Destroyed on Site podcast and all the other podcasts that f- sort of fly under that banner, so, including this one. Including this one. Yay! Woo! <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper, where you can find uh, mostly where I just uh, punch Nazis on the internet. That's pretty much the thing I do. So, yeah, that's where you can find me. Um, thanks a lot for everyone for being on board. Next time we're going to do uh, Thor uh, from 2011. Uh, we've been around to recording that. And um, again, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks for everyone for being on. And we'll see you next time. Cheers. Well, I think Princess uh, Amadol is in that. What'd you say, Paul? <laughs> or Gary? <laughs> Gary. You have been listening to Cape Shit. For other episodes, please visit tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.